Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. And we are live. Hey guys, this is Ruben from Dub's podcast, Connection Loop. I'm with one of my favorite people, Marilyn Devonish. And Marilyn has been such an, a great early adopter that has given us so many interesting pieces of feedback and so many interesting channels and just a, a really cool overall vibe. So Marilyn, you and I were just talking about some super interesting things about being in isolation and how to be our best self. So I figured we can get into it. Some of the topics that I'd love to explore are just overall dealing with isolation, you know, maintaining focus, um, how to connect people digitally during this time. Um, use, what is anchoring? I, I want to I learn more about that. And then, of course, NLB, NLP, which is a topic that we've discussed before. So what is your take on, on all of this stuff and right now? Well, I might I might start with self isolation. And first of all, thank you for thank you for having me back on your wonderful show. Amazing. I know I sort of invited myself, saying I really want to talk about this topic. Um, but one of the things about self isolation is, if you had said to people probably six months ago or three months ago, "What do you most want?" Uh, you know, and they'll be going, "Oh man, I'd love some time off." And then suddenly you've got some time off, and you can't actually get people to stay in their houses because I think people very quickly realise um, that. Working from home is a completely different ballgame sometimes. When you add to that the sense of self-isolation and enforced isolation, it just it just it really can mess with people's heads. So one of the things I've been sharing with a lot of my clients is just things you can do to break up the day. Um, and I say if you are one of those people who's having to work from home, I definitely recommend segmenting the day in the same way you would if you're at work. So make sure you have regular breaks, make sure you have a schedule for lunch, um, make sure that you're also making an effort to connect with people and because I don't think people realize the power of those, what I call those micro contacts, you know, walking past someone on the way to the water filter, passing someone in the street, just saying hi, seeing your neighbors having a chat. I think we all take that all for granted, understandably, because it's our everyday way of being. And now that's all been taken away. You're suddenly like, oh my God, what am I going to do next? So I would say a really big piece of it in terms of keeping your sense of sanity, particularly if you do live on your own, um, is making sure you build in connection time and break time. And you could go old school and pick up the phone or send a text. You could be more high tech, FaceTime, Skype, um, also things like wait one I'm, so, I'm sorry did you say did you say pick up the phone I did say you could go old school and pick up the phone I don't I don't know what that means what is that wait <laughs> a, you can you can make a call on a phone what I know it's a weird concept and I've actually phoned <laughs> a few people recently they're like oh my god it's so lovely to speak to you <laughs> just hearing another person's voice and in terms of the way you connect with clients what i'm going to start doing soon is sending some dub messages to people mm. hey how are you how are you doing what's been going on click the button here if you want to send me a video message back because i think that's going to be a wonderful way uh, to break up my day and also to break up the day of the people who receive those those dub messages We've never, I've never thought of Dub as a way to, to just connect with people on a, on a purely personal basis. You know, I've seen it used like that in the past, um, but that is such an interesting use case, you know, and I'm, and I'm so glad that, that you're thinking of that because 
you're right. It is a good thing to do, to send someone a quick little note, send someone a quick little video. Uh, one of the things that I used to do is on my phone is I used to record a video on my phone and then just text it to someone as a birthday wish or something. And that became kind of my thing. And, you know, I remember thinking to myself, like, there's got to be a better way than just texting someone a, a 50 meg, you know, file every time I want to communicate. You know? The same goes for email, because who wants to attach an email? <laughs> and that's probably one of the drivers for why you then created Dub in terms of there's got to be a better way, because that's how many, you know, inventions. Right. I'm about somebody looks at a situation and goes now this isn't working um yeah. so i'm definitely going to be using it in that way and i'll probably do them personally as well just a little 30 seconds so i can actually say the person's name um so for me that's going to be a big one now in terms of the whole piece about your environment when you're working from home once you've connected you've spoken to some people i one of the things i find is that people don't make a distinction between their work and their home because suddenly they're just thrust into this place and this space so for myself now I am sitting in my office so um, I know when I walk out there I'm into a into my living space but even so I still many years ago I call it the threshold where I know that when I walk over that threshold particularly at the end of the day so once we finish this call it's going to be around 8 30 in the evening right. for me. so when I walk over that threshold I'm done no more work no more emails no more telephone calls because what can happen in these situations is things start to creep out and overspill and so I, I would always kind of remind people about doing that as well um, if people are working at home and they've got their family around them um, set some boundaries so you know when i'm sitting here doing this that means and also sometimes you've got to set boundaries for friends and relatives and neighbors etc who kind of think oh you're at home now I can call you at any time. I can text you at any time. I can FaceTime you at any time. And, and that's often if you are in a job and your job now is just to do the same job, but from home, it's not necessarily that free and easy as people are starting to find out as well. So I would say once you kind of understand the flow of your work, set the boundaries, tell people what's in, what's out, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, and the parameters in terms of timings, because all of those things can then create a bit of stress if you haven't got them managed and if you haven't got them handled. Um, and I would definitely also say about scoping the work so you know what's kind of expected. If you know that you're, I don't know, create 10 client reports in a day, once you've done your 10 client reports, if that is genuinely what you're meant to be doing, you can kind of go, I'm done, even though it might be two o'clock in the afternoon. And I think one of the problems is people overwork because they're afraid of being caught out for not working. Yes. And that in itself is also a problem. Right. No, that's that's really interesting. You touched upon a, a couple of really interesting topics, this idea of, of boundaries, you know, and we, we've never even thought of this situation that we're in right now. There's no, there's no rule book for this. You know, there's no protocol. You know, I just learned uh, from my wife actually that um, in real estate, oh, there is no switch for open houses right now on that real estate system. That switch has been removed. There's no way to host an open house in real estate. Talk about a boundary that's that that exists in in such an old industry. You know, that's crazy. You know, and those types of new rules you know the rules of engagement if you will that's what we're all creating right now you know i put a sign out on the front gate in front of my house to have packages delivered 
outside of the gate, not to my front door. <laughs> and, you know, I, I say that with empathy and compassion for the person that has to deliver that package. And I'm so thankful that they're still working. Um, but at the same time, it's a new rule of engagement, you know, even talking to neighbors and, you know, so yeah, doing boundaries within the people within that building that you're living in right now, that's important. How do you conduct that conversation? How is that? A, how is that? How do you make that fun? You know, I mean, besides doing it with wine, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, if people have got kids, one of the things I've always suggested is if you can bring them into the process, that's very oh, cool. Yeah. So let's just say you've got a pile of papers, if you're still using paper and you've got to file them somewhere, you can say to kids, okay, see this pile here, that needs to go there. And these ones with the pink stickers, they need to go there. And, you know, you can give people little jobs and little tasks and you go, right, well, that would take about 20 minutes. I can quickly get that report done. And also, if your children are having to like homeschooling is now a thing because, of course, the schools oh, are closed. Yeah. So if, if there's work to be done where you can go, right, OK, for the next 25 minutes, I'm going to be here working on this. Have you done your homework? No. If so, get that, get that, do that, do that. And then at the end of that time, you kind of go, oh, I finished. How are you getting on? So now it's kind of a collaborative process where you're all working together as opposed to just a fight. Um, it's I would say make it productive, bring people into the space. And also, um, I remember when I was at work years ago, we used to say talk to the hand because the face isn't listening. And you could find your own <laughs> I little, love that one. Your little funny, you know, so somebody walks up to your desk, you, all you had to do is go like this. And they know that that means not now. Right. Not now, not now. And also, I would say, like, you kind of put the sign up outside. Sometimes you can have fun signs that you make at home, open, closed. Um, give me five minutes. Is it really important? And really is written in massive letters. And then you just have talks about, and actually, if we can all do this thing, it's going to be better for you as well, because I'm going to be in a better mood. I will not be as stressed. And it's and it's kind of them building it in as a win-win for everyone in that scenario. And sometimes it's a little bit like, you know, training people because it's new. So it's not going to stick every single time. So sometimes you've got to keep reminding people. Now, remember I said, if I'm sitting here, I'm working. And then you've done, you've published it half a dozen or so times. And then people will often look at you and go, oh, hold, oh, you're working, aren't you? And they start self-correcting themselves after a bit, because that's almost like a light form of anchoring where they get anchored into, you're sitting there, that means you're working. And you, by the same token, get anchored into that as well. I'm here, even if it's your kitchen table, at this point, I'm working. When you step over the threshold, move your stuff off the kitchen table, the knives and forks go back on it, and you then redefine that space in a different way. That's so inspiring. I just thought of a best-selling book for you and I to co-author, and it's it's based on the that this whole. It was an old book and an adage called "Everything that I learned, I learned in the sandbox" or something to that effect. Yeah. And it's just this whole idea of when we're kids and all that those rules of etiquette and and the way that we conduct ourselves with one another, the things that happen in that sandbox are exactly what we need to be doing as adults. But I realized that a sandbox is one of the dirtiest places out there. <laughs> And that the new version of that is everything I ever learned is what I do in a quarantine because you're everyone's jam-packed into a small little space and we're doing all these digital things and everything is changing and we need to have a new etiquette. And I believe that this etiquette that we're creating now is not just a short-term thing. This is an etiquette for the future. All of our mindsets are being reprogrammed right now. 
to think differently and to use digital and to interact with one another in a different way and to think about cleanliness and to think about personal space and, and all these things that, you know, we've taken for granted and we just don't really think about. So. Absolutely. And for me, this is one of my, because, you know, that everybody was then, you know, people are having to pivot as well. Yeah. What you were doing last week, you're not doing this week. And somebody had said to me, really, Marilyn, flexible work. And I said, OK, maybe what you don't understand about me, there's a side of my life that people know nothing about. I started working as a flexible working implementation consultant back in 2003. So that meant going into organizations to help them implement smart what was called remote and also flexible working. And that was everything from ripping down walls and redesigning spaces and working with architects and ergonomic designers, right through to specking technology and training people how to use that technology through to the, what I call the psychological side of working from home. And so for me, um, it's been 17 years that I've been having this conversation with people, but it is now new for the world. And in terms of doing stuff online, I started coaching and doing therapy online in 2005. Uh, which again was kind of unheard of in the therapy field because everybody thinks you've got to be face to face but you know I just had a situation where somebody had read something in psychology's magazine wanted to do a breakthrough session she said she's in Birmingham I said fantastic I said get the train from Birmingham to Watford and she went no Birmingham Alabama and that's when I was like whoa and I was like okay what are we going to do and I'd never done it before but I said to her look okay we'll do an online session um, if it's if it's not to my standard, if I'm not happy with the output, I'll give you a full refund. And to this day, it's one of the best breakthrough sessions I've ever done. So I'm really grateful to her for that thing that you're just talking about. She shifted my mindset and made me go, oh, wow. I can do this by phone and old school. And then it was by Skype. And now, of course, it's by, you know, my um, online meeting room. But sometimes it, it, it does take something to shift your mindset. And I actually believe that what we're seeing now in terms of the way people work, I think there's going to be a seismic shift because I suspect that we people, once they get over the shock, of having to be at home, having to work at home, being in isolation, not allowed out, they're going to go, oh, I actually like this. And that meeting that was taking me two and a half hours, mm. I can do this in 30 minutes online. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I think it's just gonna, it's gonna shift the landscape of how we actually work. I agree with you, definitely. And what would you say, I mean, obviously, you know, market, stock market recession, that, that stuff aside, you know, how has this affected um, larger, larger companies now in terms of potentially being more dependent? And when I say larger companies, I mean specifically the ones that are that are in a physical office. You know, how are those companies most affected right now? And what are some of the things that they can do for people that are listening that that do work with a team of 50 or 500? You know, what, what is your take on on that? I, I still definitely think you can embrace the technology that we have at our fingertips. I, I know because I've been running online groups for probably about, when did I launch that program? The first automated e-coaching program was in 2013. Um, and I know that you can get a real sense of connection even when you're online. So I would say companies can still continue with their meetings, they can still hold their conferences, they can still run their workshops. Um, because often when I first started running online workshops, I had people who had been to the in-person workshop they then came to the online video webinar workshop and the feedback, if you if you line the feedback up, it was exactly the same. And people also said, oh, my God, I thought I would miss being in the room. This has been fantastic. 
And so I think once people get over that mental hurdle, all the things they've cancelled, and you and I both, Ruben, both know about some of these tools that, that we've got um, access to, uh, you know, webinars where you can have up to a thousand people on a webinar or the expo platform that I've got, where you can have up to a hundred thousand people live in that space. So you can recreate pretty much everything you've been doing in the office you can recreate that online once you get your head around it and the way i run my online workshops exactly the same as the in-person the doors open at 9 30 or whatever it is we'll have our break after sort of an hour hour and a half depending on the material at various points i'll deliver a handout into the online room there'll be a poll that comes up There'll be a private Q&A if you really want to ask me something outside of the room. There'll be the public Q&A. So everything that I've ever done in a, in a training room, in a conference room, I have been able to do those things online. So I think there's a massive amounts of scope. And I would say the key thing is you've got to make sure that you're bringing everyone with you. You don't want a, a bit like, I guess, in the military, you don't want to leave any men or women behind. So there'll be people who are struggling with technology. There'll be people who go, oh, my God, I don't even know what to press. They get overwhelmed. They maybe won't tell you. So you've now got to notice where are people not communicating? Where are you not hearing from people? Where is maybe productivity engagement going down? And I think when they get all of those pieces into play, you'd be amazed at what can be created in the in the online world while we all have to be you know, interdispersed. You mentioned that you are are have hosted some 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 events and that you potentially are in the future. Is there anything that we should know about? Any kind of stuff that's upcoming? Anything that you'd like to promote? Ooh, oh my gosh. Well, actually, one of the things I've got talking about the pivot, I had a I'm in the UK for people who who are kind of like, where is she from? Um, I had a family flying in from Australia next week to take my photo reading workshop, which is a three day workshop. Of course, that's now not going to happen. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing some all nighters because what I've decided to do, I'm still going to run the workshop live like I would if they were in the room, but I'm going to run it on Australia time. So that's wow. happening the third to the fifth of next month and um, it means I'm going to be starting at 10 p.m for the two longest days the Saturday and the Sunday and finishing at something like 4 a.m or 6 a.m whatever it is so that's the next thing that's coming up live which is the you know read at 25,000 words per minute and photo read a whole book in five minutes and improve your creative thinking your decision making your kind of reading learning intuition you name it it's all in there I think that's for me one of the most powerful workshops I've ever done alongside the NLP is the photo reading so that's the next thing that's coming up and then where I'm kind of putting my focus and attention is then looking to see what I can do within organizations where they do still want to train their staff they do still want to do their appraisal meetings and then seeing what I can do number one to host for them and also brief, doing briefing sessions for the staff so that they can get their head around this and put some good protocols and measures in place. So I want to make sure I understand this. So this sounds like a, a phenomenal service that you provide, photo reading. Explain it to me a little bit more. I want to understand it. You said read a book in five minutes. I, I'm hooked. Explain more. The premise of photo reading is... Um, you it's it the the speed the baseline speed is your your photo reading at 25,000 words a minute which is fast most people maybe read two or three hundred words a minute and the premise is that you're it's called whole brain whole mind learning so using all of your mind all of your brain tapping into all of your learning styles and tapping into the eight multiple intelligences and that enables you to be more of a sponge for information rather than our traditional way of reading every 
single thing word for word because when you do that there's the primacy and recency effect and probably once you've read 30 or 40 words you've either forgotten the first words the, forgotten the ones in the middle or forgotten the ones at the end and so the premise of photo reading is you're turning the pages at the rate of one second per page you're basically doing almost like a mental download of the information and then once you've got all of the book absorbed you then go back to do this thing that we call activating it so it, it turns traditional reading upside down and back to front and on its head um, but for me I was diagnosed with what was thought to be early outside early onset Alzheimer's in my 20s and my doctor said there was nothing he could do for me and I struggled with that for years you know I'd read something five minutes later I have no idea what I've read um, could sometimes barely string a good sentence together and when I came across photo reading it seemed completely outlandish I was like you've got to be kidding me mm. but I'm going to give you a couple of hundred dollars I'm sure this isn't going to work and quite frankly it didn't at first because I had you know a home study course and we know about what well, I call it shelf development what you get something great you put it on the shelf and your shelf is more developed than you are <laughs> um, and then it was a few years later I went on a course and there was a guy who was saying that he reads 20 to 30 books a month and I'm like dude you obviously don't get out enough and, and how do you have a life? And then he said, I photo read. And that's when I thought, oh my God, I've got that. I, they were tapes back then. They're actually sat behind me still. Um, but I thought, I've got those tapes. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna listen to them again with an open mind rather than going, I don't think that's gonna work. And the rest, as they say, is history. Within a couple of days, my life started to change. And that has also been the case for my students. And I've had people with dyslexia, dyspraxia, brain damage, you name it, they've had it. And within two and a half days, completely transformed. So it, for me, it was a game changer. Wow. So I'm just going to put your URL real quick on the, on the page here. I think it's really important that people pay you a visit because that sounds phenomenal. You mentioned something that I don't know about. You said dyslexia and then dys dyspraxia. I actually don't know what that is. Dyspraxia is the whole thing about spatial displacement. Um, and one of the ways my clients have described it to me, it's like things are just just moving about as though they're kind of off balance. And the, the very first time I encountered someone who had both of those things at the same time, um, he's one of my flagship case studies. He had just been kicked out of school. He went to a private school because his brother got in. He got kicked out because he wasn't making the grade. And I did some a one to one session with him. His mum asked if photo reading could help. And within the space of a few weeks, he went from failing to getting a, a B in his history exam. Um, and that is crazy because he just wasn't able to comprehend any of those things before. And that was probably oh my goodness, that would have been probably about 15, 16 years ago. And I spoke to his mom year before last. I says, how is he doing? She says, Marilyn, he is still doing great. Um, and so it's been really fantastic for people who, one of the things about dyslexia, for example, they say that you have a roving point of attention. So your mind is here and it's there and it's there and it's there. And it's difficult to bring those. Those are, you just described my monitors. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a thing in photo reading called the tangerine technique and it really part of it is just is about getting a good sense of focus and being in a state of what we call relaxed alertness because when you're in that state of relaxed alertness left and right brain are working together and that's where everything is firing on all cylinders people are much more productive much more creative you can think much more strategically make better decisions and for those who are so inclined also really kind of tap into your your intuitive senses as well well. Mm. 
Wow. Very cool. Very cool information. <clears throat> Stunning. So I want to pivot the combo a little bit, uh, if you don't mind. We, we talked about this idea of anchoring. And I, I'd like to explore what, what anchoring means to you and how that potentially could be some sort of a tool that people use for themselves during this time period and beyond. I first came across anchoring when I did my NLP practitioner and master practitioner. I went on to be, become a trainer of NLP. So it's a term that I associated with them. When I understood what it was, I'm like, we are anchored all the time. But the premise of anchoring is you will do something or say something which then invokes a memory. So if somebody was setting an anchor, for example. So one of the ones is people want to feel more confident or more calm or more peaceful, more relaxed, whatever it might be. And in this current situation being calm and relaxed and peaceful is probably a good state um so you you think of a time where you were that thing so I might say okay think of a time where you were calm peaceful and relaxed can you think of a specific time people go oh yeah I was you know on holiday I was on the beach I could hear the birds I could see the sea and you know really relive it as much as you can and then if you think of it like a curve, when you hit the peak point of that experience, you what you call set an anchor. Now, setting an anchor is something you will do or something you will say. And I often say to people, start with a physical anchor. So you might hit the top of that peak state and then, you know, put your fist together and say the stages of yes. Or, you know, you might tweak your earlobe or do something which isn't in your day to day because you want to be able to make a distinction between your daily actions and what you call firing off the anchor but you set the anchor three or four times so you say okay think of that time again and think of that time again and you want to layer it in with any other experience and when you hit the peak you set the anchor you do your physical gesture or you say the word and once you've done that half a dozen or so times what will happen is all you need to do is your gesture and you are automatically transported into, mm. in, back into that state. So that's kind of what an anchor is. And if people are going, well, I'm not really sure that would work, it totally does. Like when I was growing up, depends on what country you were in, but there was a guy called Nick Kamen and he did an advert for Levi Jeans. The song that they used in that advert went to number one in the charts because he was he was he was good to look at. And he goes into the laundrette. He's only got one pair of jeans. He needs to wash those jeans. So he takes the jeans off, puts them into the washer. And then people are sitting there swooning. But the song went to number one. Why? Number one, you're, you're, yeah, you're hearing it all the time on TV. But number two, when you hear that song, people are like, Oh, <laughs> they now remember the advert. And so the, the music industry and the TV industry, the, the, the movie industry, they use anchoring all the time. Um, you, and, and like Jaws, if anybody, if you grew up in my era, you yes. hear that music yes. automatically, you're back into the state and you're like, oh my God. So it's used all the time. And I think a lot of the things that are used all the time, we as humans don't think to use them always to enhance our own lives i think of jingles i think of advertising jingles you know when i hear that dun -dun 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 -dun, you know it, it takes me to that place and it makes me think of a product in that case you know and that's, that's it you're anchored into it which is yeah. why so much goes into um getting that right both the visuals and the music and, and when that's right all you need to do is hear a couple of bars of whatever the song or the jingle is and automatically you you remember whatever it is it's associated to in your mind and in and the way that the advertisers have set it up so help me to create an anchor here there's a there's a moment that i have in my life where i was scuba diving 
in Belize in the Great Barrier, I'm sorry, in the blue, Great Blue Hole. It's called the Blue Hole. And that was a moment, and I remember being down there, it was tremendous. Um, so what you're saying is to connect some sort of a physical gesture to that memory in my mind. Absolutely. Is that, is that and the way, when you think of it in Belize, you would think of how did you feel? What did you see? What was right. going around you? What did you hear? Was there a particular smell? The smell you might have had the smell, you know, salty water in that fresh air has a particular smell to it. And even and it might have been that, oh, I just had a sip of coconut water, whatever it was. So if you as many of the senses as you can bring into the memory, because that's going to make it as real to you as almost as being there. And then when you get to the peak of that experience, you then decide, okay, what's my anchor? And if your physical anchor, you know, I mean, when I first started, I was like, I'm really not into this stuff. My anchor was this, where I put these two fingers together and pressed them together and said, yes. And that was one of my anchors, for example. And another one I played with, because I don't play with my earlobes that often, was doing this when I wanted to just kind of calm myself down. Because I can do that very discreetly in the office. Or, you know, when I first, I used to be scared of public speaking, for example. So when I first started, I'd be waiting to go on stage and I'd just do that. Now, it just looks like I'm doing that or adjusting my microphone if I'm wearing a Madonna mic. Um, but what it was doing it was reminding me to, okay, relax, calm, it's all good. So can be anything you choose in terms of the physical anchor. All right, so here's my anchor. I'm going to pinch my thumb against my in index finger here, yeah. and then that's gonna take me to that place. And then the Absolutely. next time I'm in a situation, yeah. I can do this while driving. Yeah. Uh, when I go back to driving, I can do this when I'm in a, in a little thing, and I'm gonna, this is, that's the thing. So thank you very much for that gift. And you just play with it. So you remember right. being in Belize, you remember in there, blah, 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 and just and you you almost might even feel your heart racing if it was really exciting or just right. that sense of joy, that sense of pure connection. And when you hit the peak of that state, that's when you do your anchor. Give yourself a breather, do it again and cycle around and do it four or five times and build it up and build it up and build it up. When you hit that peak, set the anchor, and then it gets to a point where you just have to even think of the place or do fire off the anchor and all of those memories come flooding back. That's funny. So here's what I wanna do with you to kind of wrap this up. I wanna create a, a positive memory. I wanna create something really fun and really interesting um, for people to check out, for you and I to experience, okay? And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you these, these terms in, it, it, they're British slang, okay? <laughs> I think we all need a little bit of positivity right now. You know, we need a little bit of a break from all the noise that's happening, you know, just for this minute. So. I'm going to give you kind of, um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to give you some some slang terms, some British okay. slang terms. And then I just would like for you to explain what those mean to us, okay? So are you are you in? Oh, go on, go for all it. All right, all right. So what does it mean to cock up? To say that again? To cock up. Oh, you make a mess. You've completely messed it up. Okay. Uh, what is blimey? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. And it can be blimey, you know, somebody does something a bit cheeky or it can be blimey where you're quite surprised, but it is like an oh my God kind of thing. Okay, what does um, shuffed mean? Chuffed, you're happy. Oh man, I'm chuffed to bits. Like I'm really happy that, so I'm, I actually am genuinely chuffed to bits to be here talking to you today. To bits, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> oh, to bits, it means like a lot. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, bees knees. 
bee's knees um that's a good thing you know if you think you're the bee's knees you know you, you're you're great you're fantastic so sometimes you go who does she think she is the bee's knees or you go oh man i'm the bee's knees which it means just brilliant good on me thumbs up pat on the back wonky wonky it's not straight you know when you like oh God, you're hanging a picture up it's wonky it's it's off kilter it's not straight um bangers now bangers um generally speaking and now that's going to be slightly contextual but bangers the first thing you say bangers and mash so that's sausages and mashed okay. potatoes okay <laughs> <laughs> all right uh the next one is dogs bullocks oh dogs bollocks okay dogs bollocks means you know top dog leader of the pack it's brilliant when if i say i'm the dog's bollocks at flexible work and it means i am brilliant at this so it's it's a you know it's kind of bigging yourself up and saying that you're brilliant got it um plonker plonker idiot <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is tough a tough t-o-f-f a snob upper class like the people who might well I, I was gonna say not so much now because i know we have much more diversity but when i was growing up the people who maybe went to private school eton cambridge etc they're the ones that you would say were toffs you know wearing the, the bowler hats etc so good so good that was a memory <laughs> and i learned a lot i feel like i just learned a new language <laughs> oh reuben that's crazy but yeah that was that was cool <laughs> Well, Marilyn, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to put, once again, your website up on here. Uh, I know that you're active on all social channels. So I've seen you on LinkedIn. I've seen you on Facebook. I've seen you on Twitter. We're connected on all of those. So I encourage everyone to go check out Marilyn Devonish on all social channels and then websites right there. Oh, thank you, Ruben. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Thank you. And thank you for Dub because it is such an incredible application. I absolutely love it. And people are always, they get positively anchored when they receive a <laughs> message. Yeah. And, and what is your take on some of the new things that we've launched on, on Dub specific to just remote work and, you know, absolutely love it i think it's it's incredible it's amazing and it's one of those tools that has been in the making and there are certain things that are happening now you go oh my god that is perfect for the time that we're in it can serve a real need in terms of where people are at what's happening in the world and all of the things you've been rolling out are just kind of hitting the nail on the head so i think it's absolutely brilliant and it's one of the tools that i've you know seen grow and develop since i first became a customer which must be a good year or so ago now so fantastic and well done to you and the team it's amazing. Thank you so much, Marilyn. And thank you for your time here. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye.